Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? And welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, June 10, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week. It's a rare week here in WrestleRant Radio where we do not have a featured interview. And it's been nice for me because I've been incredibly nonstop busy for like a year and a half now doing interviews and stuff like that. So to not have that going on for one week has been very nice. I've actually been able to do stuff that I haven't had a chance to do in a really, really long time. So that's been nice. Um, but with that being said, though, I do have more interviews planned, including one tomorrow, not wrestling related, that will be coming up on What Culture soon, and a wrestling related interview likely next week. So keep an eye out for that. That might be dropping here on the show next Thursday. Not 100% sure yet. It might not actually be Thursday. It might be Friday instead. So maybe it won't be here on the show next week. Um, but So there is no interview here on today's show. It will instead be me and Mr. Marceau breaking down all the latest in the world of wrestling, including... That episode of Raw, including that ending from Monday night, we're talking all about that. AEW Dynamite from last Friday, which it feels like old news at this point because Dynamite's currently airing on Fridays, and typically we don't talk about the Friday shows. We don't even talk about SmackDown here, but Dynamite's a pretty big show. Andrade debuted, so we have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, we're also breaking down the SummerSlam news, the very start of our conversation, where SummerSlam will indeed be reporting to Allegiant Stadium in, in uh, August. In uh, for SummerSlam in August on a Saturday, which is really cool, in Las Vegas. So we're going to break down that whole announcement from this past weekend, uh, what matches they should do with the event, as well as NXT from Tuesday and NXT TakeOver in your house this coming Sunday, which I'm looking forward to. I may not have a chance to watch it live on Sunday. Um, I think I'll be on the road at that point. So if not Sunday night, then maybe on Monday. But either way, i got to watch it soon because it looks like it's going to be a good show. Um, that being said, speaking of NXT, I don't have any interviews coming up this week that are wrestling related, but I will say this, keep an ear out for my name this coming Saturday on the NXT TakeOver Global Press Conference featuring yours truly. I had a chance to partake in the last one, uh, which was back in April, right before TakeOver Stand and Deliver. I got a couple questions in there. I got questions answered by Jordan Devlin, Adam Cole, and Karrion Cross. And I submitted quite a few for this one as well for a number of different talents. And there's a lot of people a part of it. So keep an ear out for Graham Giusa Matthews on the, or Graham Matthews rather, because uh, that's what they called me last time uh, via Wade Barrett, which was really funny. So keep an ear out for that on Saturday morning, I think it is. And NXT officially announced it today. Pretty sure it's on Peacock here in the States. So Keep an ear out for that. Um, that was really cool to be a part of, so that should be dropping on Saturday morning, and I'll be sure to share the clips um, after my involvement is uh, you know, airing live on Peacock on Saturday morning. So let's get right into it. My conversation with Mr. Marceau breaking down all the latest in the world of wrestling. And before we do, one last quick thing. I should mention this. You guys could check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single week. 
not only at WrestleRant.com, not only on WrestleRantRadio.com, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, I already mentioned that. Um, Every single Thursday, we have new episodes. So be sure to rate the show. Be sure to subscribe to the show. uh, Send in a review. All that great stuff. It's greatly appreciated. So be sure to do that and never miss an episode every single Thursday, including analysis from RJ and myself and exclusive interviews and predictions and reviews and everything else in between. Updates on news and all this other other random nonsense that we talk about here on the show every single Thursday. And it's been a lot of lot of fun breaking it down with Mr. Marceau on the regular for the last year and a half um, here on WrestleRant Radio for the first time in like five years after Mr. Marceau graduated from college and we couldn't do the show on the regular anymore. He's been on the show with me consistently for the last year and a half and it's been a lot of fun due to the pandemic. It's going to end at some point, unfortunately, I'm sure. Um, but for right now, we're really enjoying it. So with all that being said, Here's my conversation with Mr. Marceau breaking down the latest in the world of wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing good, GSM, how are you? Doing great. Have you melted from the hot sun yet? I have not. I, I, I'm about to get in my car in probably 45 minutes, and uh, I might have to start the, start the car a little early because it's like a fucking coughing in there. Oh, you gotta, that, that, that's how you know summer season is upon us, but you got to crank that AC, Mr. Marceau. I don't want you melting before SummerSlam comes around. Oh, don't worry. I cranked the AC. So, since we spoke last week, it's now been made official. SummerSlam is heading to Vegas. Did that get you a little more excited? Like, yeah, get those wheels turning inside Mr. Marceau, because I know you love Vegas. Oh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good good night. I mean, going to Allegiant Stadium, a nice big football arena, I mean, should be a good time. You're not purchasing any tickets, are you? I wasn't planning on it. Wasn't planning on it. Anything can change in the next couple of months. Um, Anything can change. I'll, only if I can get GSM out there. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis said to me uh, like a week or two ago, this is so funny. So I didn't think they were actually, I mean, I figured they were going to Vegas, but I said to her, and then I tweeted and you responded, you said, boo this man. But I told her before that I'm like, I just have no desire to go back to Vegas unless it's for like a show. I'm not planning on it currently. If anything, if anything, we might go to All Out in Chicago because uh, I really like Chicago. Vegas isn't my type of scene, but with Mr. Marceau, I'll do anything. See? There you go. See? You can never put a no on it, then. You can't say that, but I'm gone. Hey, if I've learned anything from this business, you never say never, so I guess we'll find out at some point. We're only in June. Anything can change, but I'm reading right now, again, we talked about last week, news always breaks after we speak. I'm sure there's going to be 20 releases between now and Thursday when this show drops, but... Um, I'm reading right now from at WrestleVotes on Twitter. They tweeted, After speaking to a few sources on the topic, I've learned that WWE is 100% attempting to make SummerSlam this year's WrestleMania, quote, all resources will be tapped into, unquote, is how it was explained to me. Um, I do believe they want Reigns versus Cena to headline. Not sure if they've decided. So that's got to get you more excited for SummerSlam than you've been in recent years, right? Knowing that they want to go out of their way to make this show super special. Oh, easily, yeah. I feel like the last couple installments have been kind of ass, so go all out, call everyone you have in the phone book, and let's make a good show. I really enjoyed last year's installment. It's just not the same without fans. We've been to our fair share of Summer Slams. I was there for 2015, 2016. You were there for 2015 and 06, right, in Boston? Oh, yeah. And we were supposed to be there yesterday, or not yesterday, last year in Boston. I was supposed to crash in the Marcy residence. I was so fucking pumped, and then they just swept it from right under the rug due to COVID, and they're not going back there anytime soon. Um, Dynamite is indeed still happening in Boston, right, on a side note? 
that's still scheduled. That's the last time I saw. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, but back to SummerSlam, though. They're going all out with this thing. Roman, Cena. I don't know if we talked about this yet. Does that make sense to you as an appropriate SummerSlam main event for this year in as big of a stadium as Allegiant Stadium in Vegas? I mean, yeah, I think you need like either Cena or The Rock or someone at that caliber to try to sell the show that uh, stadium that big. So you need a, a marquee match. Um, I really don't want to see Brock and Roman again, like circa 17. So big match, John, and uh, Roman Reigns would be, would be great. What would you do for, based on the current landscape of the roster on Raw, what would you do with the universe, or the WWE Championship, rather? Oof. Uh, I mean, if you could get, get Brocky, I would like to see him and Bobby, but from reports, it seems like that's not going to happen. But I would go with Brock and Bobby. I mean, like I said, at this point, call the context, get the biggest matches you could possibly do, and do it on that show. Brock and Bobby is what I want to see. That's my hope. The reality is that I think I think Brock will be involved either way, and I've read some reports. I think it was from, maybe from Meltzer, I don't remember. And again, you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt, but they might want to save Brock for Mania next year to do a match with Roman, which, you know, I guess might make, it makes sense, obviously. It's just not something I want to see right now. And Mania, again, eh, I don't know. Um, but as far as the WWE title picture goes, I honestly don't really want to say this because I don't want to see it, but could you see a scenario where Drew gets the belt back at the pay-per-view at Hell in the Cell and then we get Drew and Brock again at the pay-per-view? I mean, it's not the worst things they didn't do it in front of fans last time, but it just screams Rollins and you know uh, Rollins and Lesnar 2.0 from a few years ago where they do the match at Mania and then the rematch at SummerSlam. I feel like we get that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it definitely worth it since they didn't have fans last time. So... I wouldn't hate that idea, but Bobby and Brock is a fresh match for that show. Yeah, it's a fresh match. I think if there's any place to do it, it would be there. Bobby may never be at this level again. He may not ever have the same level of momentum, so I would just do it at SummerSlam. Whether Brock wants to or WWE wants to is a whole other story. Why they would even bother pushing Bobby to this level but not want to do him against Brock, even if he loses, is beyond me. Um, but we'll see how it shakes out. But speaking of Raw, we found out in Raw this week it will indeed be a Hell in a Cell match between Bobby and Drew at the pay-per-view for the WWE Championship. If Drew loses, this is it. It's a last chance match. If he's done, he can no longer go for the championship while lo- as long as Bobby Lashley is WWE Champion. Now, we're doing predictions next week, but when you see that segment, does it make you a little bit worried that we might be getting a new champion to the pay-per-view, or are you sticking with that Lashley's going to retain at the show? Uh, I'm gonna stick with Lash. He's gonna retain. I mean, he get, I mean, getting Drew out of the title picture for a little bit wouldn't hurt. I don't think so. Um, if he loses and can't contend for the belt for a little bit, I, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah, and I, I would get McIntyre out of the title picture for a little bit. Um, I'm hoping it's not a swerve because Booking 101 says Drew finally beats Bobby, gets his moment, and then they make him champion again in time for fans coming back. Listen, I love Drew. I'm not nearly as sick of Drew as many other people are, but. It's time to move on from Drew in the WWE title picture beyond Hell in the Cell. So I would have him lose. Maybe you do him in gender. Um, I, I, again, we've talked about it before. It's not a feud I want to see, but it does make some sense. I don't even know what gender status is. He hasn't been on the show in a month, so they're very inconsistent. Um, but kind of on the subject of Lashley and MVP and the Hurt Business, blah, 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 we saw a segment on Raw this week where MVP confronted Kofi Kingston backstage. Now, Kofi beat Riddle one-on-one the show this week. They're likely building to the New Day against RK-Bro at the pay-per-view, which I think is great. Um, and I'm enjoying both, more specifically, RK-Bro right now. I was going to say I'm enjoying both teams. But, you know, the stuff with Kofi didn't get a follow-up on it later on in the show. 
Where do you think that's going? Do you think we're getting a Kofi heel turn? Is he joining up with Bobby? What's the end game there, do you think? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm interested in whatever it is. I like the New Day, but I feel like at this point, everyone can agree it's kind of run its course at this point. Like, they've been like 11, like, what's it, 11-time champions? (laughs) It's been like four to five years old at this point. Like, I like them, but I think Kofi could break off on his own. Like, he had the title run, but that one, I mean, his title run was great, and, uh, 2019 but i feel like it just like was just like new day just like all over it so i, I think if he broke off and went with bobby i think it would kind of not rejuvenate his career but kind of like put a nice like little replenish on it. I, I think the new day stuff is good but at this point it's kind of run its course and I, I think if he did leave or go heal it, it, it could do do wonders for him it's not even like the tag team title picture needs them because the Raw division, the Raw tag team division, isn't the greatest. But as seen in the Battle Royal, they have a handful of teams. I mean, they have AJ and Omos for right now. RK Bro are probably the best thing in that division at the moment. The Viking Raiders are the new number one contenders, which I'll ask you about in a moment. Kofi can afford to break off on his own for a little while. And honestly, of all three people in the group, I would have Kofi be the one to go heel. Because before New Day, he was always a babyface, and he was a heel for a little while in New Day. But I think it would be the freshest thing. Woods is a heel. I mean, he'd fucking lose to Kofi in two minutes, and then they're probably not going to do anything with him anyway. But um, I, I think Kofi would just be the best bet. Biggie's doing his over, you know, doing his thing over on SmackDown with who I don't know with Aleister Black being fired. But um, I don't think they'll actually go in that direction because they've said many, 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 many times they'll never break up. But you know, may, maybe they'll turn them both. I'm not sure, but it's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Viking Raiders becoming the number one contenders of the tag titles on Monday? Uh, I mean, it was a little random because I feel like they were on the show like maybe two a months month, ago. Yeah, a month or two ago, they won the, their two matches. They came back. I think they beat Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And then I feel like I haven't seen him on the. Sh- I mean, unless <laughs> I missed something, I haven't seen him on the show since. So, um, I had brought it up to you. I think like a week or two ago. I'm like, where, where are the Viking Raiders? You're like, I don't know. So it is what it is. I, I think they're a good team. I think this is just the interim. To like keep the AJ and Omos busy before they do RK Bro versus them, but I mean I don't hate it. It is what it is. I think they're a good team. I just don't think WWE really cares too much about them. Well, I'm honestly glad that, like you said, that they're waiting to do the RK Bro thing because they're clearly the focal point in that division right now. I'm, I'm glad they're not doing it at Hell in the Cell. I would wait until at least Money in the Bank, if not SummerSlam, to do RK Bro against AJ and Omos, likely with Orton and Riddle winning. Uh, no reason to do that now. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I think that's a great idea. I'm fine with the Raiders getting a shot. They haven't been on the show in fucking two months. It makes no sense um, why they haven't been on the show up until this point. But still, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And uh, it should be a good match. And the RK Bro stuff has been one of the better parts of Raw in recent weeks anyway. Um, but you can't talk about like the good parts of Raw and ignore the bad. Because there was a lot of bad from this week's show. It wasn't a terrible show. But two things really stood out to me. One... Why the fuck is Jackson Riker a babyface? Who could possibly care? Yeah, I was really surprised by that. Uh, I, I, I just don't really care either. I mean, that him and Elias were decent in the tag team ranks, just another like decent team. Breaking them up doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and I, I just don't really care about Jackson Riker. I don't think he's really that good, and making him a babyface is very perplexing. Yeah, it's just bizarre. I don't know. I just... I don't know why they think that when fans get brought back, why they even think that he would get cheered. I mean, the idea of even a feud between the two is stupid, but I don't know. If anything, turn Elias babyface, which he's already done twice before, so maybe they figured it just wouldn't work, but I don't know. The Riker thing is just awful, but not nearly as bad. I mean, that that might as well have been Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker from WrestleMania 25 compared to the ending of the show. Shayna Baszler, 
on the playground, or what the hell you call it, with Alexa Bliss. She attacks <laughs> Lily. The lights go out. I lose my sanity. What were your thoughts on this? Loved it. Great, great sports <laughs> entertainment here. Loved it. Made Shane look strong. Um, <laughs> Love the feud, honestly. Best feud going in the, in the company right now. I know you're a big Supernatural guy. Big Supernatural guy. Love how Lily has superpowers. She can flicker the lights backstage. <laughs> She she trans she does the uh tra- she can I don't even know what you call it she just comes from the she was literally left in the ring she uh, transforms into the backstage segment love that um, I mean I didn't have any problem with it I, I it's great sports entertainment great for Alexis character it makes Shayna look strong best thing going in the company I feel like we're at a point now where people just aren't pissed at this they're just at a point now where it's like. Why do I even still watch this stuff? Like, I saw a lot of people saying that after Raw on Monday. It's like, it's at a point now where people just don't care anymore. Um, is Shayna done after this? Are we just done with Shayna? Because I feel like there's no coming back from this type of shit. I don't know if she's technically done. I mean, she looked strong here. But um, <laughs> I just, in all honesty, this is just terrible. I mean, the whole Alexa Bliss stuff, I, I was going to give it a chance. Once they introduced Lily the doll, it kind of went out the window. I uh, just don't care at this point. Shayna might as well just get, she might as well just demand her release at this point. I, I mean, because I'm assuming she won't win the feud. So at this point, she's just dead in the water and I don't care. <sighs> I don't know. I just, uh, I don't even know. I don't know really what to make of this. It's just total trash. It's not even a segment worth shitting on for 20 minutes. It's just absolute garbage. And uh, I don't know. Having watched Raw a lot longer than I have, would you say it was one of the worst Raw endings you've ever seen, or do you think that some people, you know, some people thought that was overreacting? For me, I thought it was one of the worst ones I've seen. I don't know if it was number one, but it was definitely when it was over. I just kind of laughed and I was like, "Wow, that was terrible." So, uh, what say you? Was it among the top five, ten, number one? Was it even in that conversation? I mean, it wasn't great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like say it was the worst thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't great. I mean, I just feel like there's no end game and it just makes Shane look like an idiot. But I mean, honestly, I think it's. It's probably up there with the live sex celebration, but besides that, I mean, <laughs> can't really think of too much other things that really stick out, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's just one of those things, like, people freak out about it, but I feel like giving it a year and no one will remember it. So, like, yeah, it sucked in the moment. It was terrible, but it's not, like, something I feel like people will remember, like, years later and be like, oh, remember that time? Like, because I just feel like it's just something, like, that wasn't that, it was bad, but not so bad that you'd remember it, like, I just, I mean, I probably wouldn't remember. I know you would, but I mean, most people wouldn't remember that. I mean, it was terrible, but this whole Alexa Bliss stuff's been shitty too. So, what can you do? So you don't think it's on the level of Bailey's "This Is Your Life" segment, right, from 2017? Yeah, that was pretty bad as well. Pe- um, that, that's like one of those segments, like where I know you said, you know, people will forget about this, but that has never been forgotten. I mean, that that marred Bailey for years. I mean, she it took her a long time to recover from that. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember what happened because I just, I just don't remember that good. But that was pretty bad. Now that you bring it up, yeah, that was pretty terrible. So I don't know. I don't even know where you go with this. I imagine they do a match between the two at the pay per view. Who the fuck could possibly care? Um, any other thoughts from Raw? I mean, there's really not much more to say beyond that. There was some decent stuff. Again, it wasn't that terrible of a show. Like I enjoyed Jeff Hardy and Cedric having a match. The U.S. title stuff is fine. Uh, the Raw Women's Division. I mean, Nikki Cross pinning Rhea Ripley again. Again, dude. Who could possibly care? Nikki looks like such a loser celebrating a win over Rhea after Charlotte did all the work. I mean, it's hard to care about anyone involved in this situation, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I don't love the way they're doing this, like incorporating Nikki Cross. She's just been a glorified loser the last like year or so. I, I just don't really understand how they think that you can put someone that's like barely been on the card and also just thrust them in the, the title picture. People are supposed to care. I mean, she's a loser. She's been she's been portrayed as a loser for the last year or two. Why would I take her seriously at all? Yeah, I don't know. Just because she's beaten Charlotte and Rio, and I put that in quotation marks, and we're speaking over the phone here, but I, I, I put up the quotation marks for that because it wasn't really a win. I mean, obviously this week she pinned Rhea in the tag team match, but... The last two weeks, but because she, what, she survived her for two minutes, or she survived Charlotte and Rhea? She probably couldn't even, they probably couldn't even be fucking me, or you, or, or my eight-year-old sister for two minutes that they put him in the ring with her. I mean, I don't know. It was just stupid. The whole thing's just been dumb, and it really diminishes whatever interest they had that people had in the Charlotte-Rhea feud. You rekindle it. Oh, it's the biggest feud they could do right now. And they incorporate Nikki for absolutely no reason. I thought we were done with the multi-person shit, with Asuka being pinned at the pay-per-view. I mean, you're as big of a fan as the multi-person matches as anyone else, right? Ugh, I'm so sick of them. <laughs> They're just too... I, and I am so tired of three ways, four ways, six ways, fucking threesomes. I mean, come on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> give, me, give me some one-on-one storytelling and not this just sloppy, lazy booking, triple threat, four-way bullshit. I, I agree with you. NXT is guilty of it, too, which you brought up to me last night. Uh, come take over, which we'll get to at the end of the show. We're going to save the prediction stuff for the end. Uh, for TakeOver In Your House on Sunday. But before then, let's get to AEW from last Friday. I know it's a little delayed at this point, but uh, but we're going to have delayed thoughts on AEW for a while because it looks like it's going to be preempted for the rest of the month of June, right, due to the playoffs? Yeah, it looks like due to the NBA playoffs, it'll be on Friday nights at 10 o'clock the rest of the month. Not a great number for Dynamite on Friday either, unfortunately, with what, 500,000 viewers or something like that? I thought it was less. That was like four ninety and change. But yeah, that was not definitely not good. Yikes! I, mean, I, I I was telling you this before when they announced Rampage, ten o'clock on a Friday. I mean, I mean, some people I guess don't do a lot on Friday nights or just hang out. But I mean, most people do go out on a Friday night, and I just feel like I don't know. It's ten o'clock just so freaking late. I mean, I sound like a, a grampy, but. I mean, my bedtime's like 10, 10, 30, so any time, the last two weeks I've watched on tape delay because I just don't have time to stay up and watch it. <laughs> yeah, just, do you think it's more of an issue due to the time slot and not due to the fact that, oh, the show's losing steam or whatever it is? Eh, I think it might be a little bit of both. I mean, I think the last couple months, even on Wednesday nights, even after they switched, they had like the big number, then they kind of went down, then they brought in another celebrity and went up again. And then it's seemingly gone down every week since. I mean, even it's just one of those things. Not that I think they're losing steam per se, but I don't know. I just feel like lately they haven't had a lot of interesting things going on. And if it was, there was when they brought in like a celebrity or two. And I think the last two weeks, I know it's at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. So Wednesday it's prime time and you should be pumping out the greatest content. But even the last two weeks, I wouldn't say the shows are earth shattering or anything of importance. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that I thought... I, I, I don't think it's due to the quality of the show, personally, just because we just had Double or Nothing, which got a lot of rave reviews. People really enjoyed the show overall. To then go from that and have people talking about it to then not even watching on Friday, I, I think it is a Friday thing. So it sucks for them because any momentum they had in terms of the ratings is completely gone for the month of uh, for the month of June. I haven't been following the playoffs too closely, but I have been watching with Dylan. I think the Suns have made it, haven't they? Yeah, some, they uh, won their first game uh, Monday night. They're out again tonight. Phoenix Suns, next playoff champions? It's, I mean, 
it's possible. They're looking good right now. Hey, I love the I love the Phoenix Suns. Big Devin Booker guy. I think he's gonna do well. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, no, I think it just sucks for AEW. So it's it's definitely not good news for Rampage, like you said, when it premieres on Fridays after SmackDown come August. Um, but it was an interesting show, and we've talked a lot about this. You sent in a question to hashtag. We talked about it over text. Why, dude, did we see so many feuds continue on Friday night? I mean, this this really should be the end of a lot of these feuds. Your guess is as good as mine, GSM. I mean, I, I think besides the inner circle stuff, which we kind of assumed was going to continue, I feel like everything else was probably going to move on at some or would move on after double or nothing because a lot of it just seemed kind of like filler or ending of a feud. But I mean, the whole factory versus nightmare family shit. I mean. That after Friday night, that was just ass backwards booking, if you ask me. But that was that continued. We had Kenny and 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 uh, Orange Cassidy again. Like okay, um, I just besides Britt and and, and uh, Nyla Rose, I mean everything else was pretty much the same. Continuing off the show, and I think Nyla's been decent, but I feel like she's been beaten into powder lately, and she hasn't done anything of importance lately. Why should I care about her going after Britt? I mean. That was kind of random. I don't know. It was it was a fine show, but I just think continuing all these storylines, that's what it is. It's just like, I feel like I said to you the last week that I feel like Double or Nothing really didn't accomplish anything in the future, and now they're just continuously these feuds. I just, I just don't really care, honestly. I don't know. It's just a lot of these feuds have no reason to continue is the problem. I mean, Inner Circle and Pinnacle... Do you really need to see singles matches between every member? Not really. Like like you said over text, I'm looking forward to maybe FTR and Santana Ortiz, but beyond that, Hager and Wardlow in an MMA fight, is that really necessary, dude? Not really. We don't need to see that. MF and Jericho again? Not really. Um, Kingston feuding with the Bucks? Where is that going? If Moxley's not around, does he team with someone else? Like... I don't know. It just it, it just feels like a dead end for a lot of these feuds, and I just don't know where you go with most of them. Um, I, I don't know. It just wasn't very... It just wasn't a really exciting episode, but obviously it was headlined. The biggest thing in the entire show, the AEW debut of Andrade. There's a lot of thoughts on this. Obviously, he's in AEW now. I think that's great. I think it's a great landing spot for him. Hopefully, he can get a uh, more of his just do there than he did in WWE. And he wasn't a failure in WWE either. I mean, he was NXT champion. He was United States champion. He had a lot of great matches and some good feuds. He wasn't completely buried there, but the fact they didn't even use the guy towards the end was a little weird. You know, I think he'll be a good fit for AEW. But this debut, dude, just fell flat in my opinion. I don't know about you, but I just thought it came off very weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I just think where they placed it wasn't the greatest. They had Mark Henry come out. He really didn't get the talk, and then all of a sudden Vicky comes out, and she introduced him, the crowd's booing, and then he just kind of comes out, says a little spiel, and then gets out. I mean, I like Andrade. Pairing him with Vicky, I want to say, is the greatest idea of all time. I mean, I know he's not the greatest talker, but, I mean, couldn't they just hire Zelina Vega? I mean, they were money-pairing WWE. I mean, that's what I would have done. Pairing him with Vicky, I mean, she just honestly, it's not even like she has, like, Boo, I don't like you, heel heat. She's just like, get off my TV. You're fucking annoying heat. And, mm-hmm. and, and pairing him with her, I think, is a terrible idea. And I really just don't know what you do with them. They have Kate. They just brought in some guys. They have no idea what they're doing with Christian Cage. You got brought in. That big Hall of Fame signing has done nothing. They have other guys that are kind of just in limbo at this point. So I like Andrade. Just, I mean, I just don't really know what you do with them right now, especially with how the last couple shows have gone. Everything kind of seems like everyone's tied up at the moment. 
Yeah, almost everybody seems like they're tied up at the moment. Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Cage might be feeding with Matt Hardy. Nah, just, you know. I know they have history, but it's not exactly a feud that I'm dying to see. I don't know. Could you do... And I was thinking while I was recording Hashtag, a few names came to mind. Two people that came to mind. What about Lance Archer? Now, the problem with that is that Archer needs wins, so him losing to Andrade, again, doesn't exactly do him a lot of favors. Could you see that as an option? Yeah, it's an option, but like you just said, he needs wins, and, I mean, him losing again, it just kind of score Like, he's pretty much the Braun Strowman at this point of of impact, of uh, AEW. Whenever it counts the most, he loses, so... I don't think feeding him to Andrade would really help him too much. What about Cody Rhodes once he's done with the factory for the millionth time? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Uh, QT Marshall pinned Cody Rhodes, future champ, right? I just, that bothered me to no end. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like I said, that was just ass backwards booking. made no sense to me. Why would you have Cody beat a go <laughs> clean cheat at double or nothing? But then you have him get knocked out by the same punch he got hit with a, a double or nothing and have QT Marshall pin him. This makes no sense. I just don't get it. So now we're, in the worst part, now we're continuing that feud that no one cared about. Like, the whole point was a Goku should have won, and then you could have made something out of him. Now that you go, oh, QT, I fucking won the big match. Like, I'm sorry. I guess, like, I just don't care about QT. Besides a Gogo, the rest of the group means literally nothing. What do you mean? I mean, Nick Camarado got the big one over Dustin Rhodes in the main... Oh, wait, let me just check my notes for a second. Oh, wait, no, he lost to Dustin Rhodes. Never mind. <laughs> Not even that I care about Camarado, but him losing to Dustin made no sense. It's another one. Like, wouldn't you have him beat Dustin, like, make him seem like he's a threat? I mean, I just... And I don't care if Solo's a fucking loser, so I don't even care about what? him. What? is the best one of the group. Oh, my God. I just nah, don't he's a get loser. It. I mean, it makes no sense. That that whole feud just really booked backwards, and I just don't get it, GSM. I, I, I thought a go-go winning was, I mean, I thought that was just like, that was just an easy, easy for them to do, and they just booked it backwards, and it just made a go-go look like, like a loser. I don't know. I, I, I Not that I want to shoot on Cody, but like, he could have just, couldn't you just have him beat you at double or nothing, and then you could have pinned QT? And then Agogo could have got heat on you after if you're going to continue this. Like him knocking you out, even though it just does, it just it made no sense and it really bothered me. <laughs> Dude, the whole thing is trash. The feud wasn't great to begin with, but the booking makes absolutely no sense. To to assume that this is going to be leading to some sort of like big blow off tag team match, I could not give less shits if I tried. Between the Factory Nightmare Family, it's just terrible. But back to Andrade, though, what do you think his ceiling is in AEW? I mean, him and Cody, like I said, I think that could work at some point. Maybe you could beat him, Archer, um, the other people I mentioned, him and Darby could be a lot of fun. Him and Jungle Boy could be a lot of fun. I don't know. Where do, where do you think he goes long term? I know we spoke that there's not a lot of stuff for him to do right now. Is he AEW champion material, do you think, with the right manager? Do you think he could be, teen, obviously, TNT champion? But what do you think his ceiling is in AEW? Uh, I think his ceiling's TNT champion, honestly. Maybe if they put the right push behind him and actually make him mean something, maybe he could possibly get a world title run out of it. But honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think he'd be a good mid-carder there. Um, but I, I don't see him at that level being a uh, world champion. Can we please get him the hell away from Vicky Guerrero, please? Holy shit. That, I just, as soon as she came out and introduced him, first of all, I don't think the crowd heard what she said because the mic 
from people that were there, they were saying that, oh, you can't really hear what she's saying. Um, you can't really hear what anyone's saying because it was just mic'd terribly in that side of the arena. But then they bring out Vicky to introduce him, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, dude, Vicky's, excuse me, shtick ran its course at least 10 years ago. I mean, him, her being associated with anyone at this point is terrible. Like, Nyla Rose, that has done absolutely nothing for her. But Andrade and Vicky just sounds like the absolute worst pairing possible. Like, that just, no thanks. Andrade is much better than that. No, like I said, I, I think she literally at this point is like, just get off my TV heat and like, boo your heel heat. I just, the whole excuse me thing is just terrible. Terrible. <laughs> and it just, I'm all set with that. Don't need it. And I just think she she drags him down more than, than making him mean anything. Yeah, and no, I completely agree. Well, at least we had the grand Nyla Rose-Britt Baker celebration with Nyla Rose, uh, well, let me check my notes here, throwing her hamburger out into the crowd and then just walking to the back. Um, what, are your th- what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it just didn't make sense. Don't care. Like Nyla Rose, like Britt Baker. Nyla hasn't done anything on TV and honestly months i couldn't tell you i think she lost to ty Connie last time anyone that only watches the tv product saw so her getting a title match i mean maybe if she i mean she probably won a few youtube matches that i mean do that on your own time but <laughs> just her back in the title picture when like i said she hasn't been on tv in probably two months and hasn't won a match on tv in probably four um doesn't make much sense i get it they have a youtube channel but another casual person doesn't watch that so Seeing her go against Britt seems pretty perplexing to most people. Yeah, I don't know. Even if it's someone for Britt Baker to beat right out of the gate, uh, I don't know. I would rather have it be Red Velvet or Ty Conti or someone like that. Someone like Nyla Rose isn't even a baby face. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So, I don't know. It was just a bizarre segment. Um, I did like Jungle Boy and Christian Cage beating Private Party. I thought that was a good match. You looking forward to Jungle Boy and Omega on the uh, June 26th Saturday Dynamite in a few weeks? Sure. I mean, Jungle Boy's going to lose, but yeah. I think it'll be a fun match. Was there anything about the show that you actually liked on Friday? That you can uh, recall? I mean, that's, my memory's not the greatest. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, do you, do you remember? I, I mean, the whole Factory Nightmare family stuff was terrible. Um, I'm trying to think who else wrestled. Did you enjoy the Bucks versus Death Triangle? No. Hey, I, it's just another Bucks match. It's just <laughs> all over the place. I, I thought the show was okay. I just, I just don't understand why they kept going with all these feuds, and I, I just don't really have too much interest. I understand. I feel like there are, there is end goals for most of them, but it's like they know that there's going to be like a month or two down the line, like they're waiting for the next show. But like, just like dragging your feet just seems like a terrible idea at this point. Just since I feel like nothing besides Brit was like new from the last show. Yeah, no, not really. It was really just a lot of continuation of stuff from uh, from Double or Nothing. So hopefully Friday shows better. Again, being on Fridays has not helped the momentum at all, but the continuation of storylines is entirely their fault. So it's not a great show on Friday. Hopefully Friday's better. Uh, this coming Friday, that is. Also on an AEW note, uh, since he was at Double or Nothing, I'm not sure if you saw this, Leo Rush announcing his retirement from wrestling. I think he already retired like at least once or twice before this, like either earlier this year or late last year or whenever he left WWE when he got released. Um, do you think this sticks? And even if it does, uh, what are your thoughts on Leo Rush's retirement from wrestling at only, I think he's like 20, 24 years old. He's really young. Well, I mean, I like Leo Rush. I feel like 
he, if he just kept his mouth shut, he probably could have went pretty decently far in WWE. I mean, him as the manager for, for Bobby Lashley was great. Haven't seen him since he left, so I know he did some independent shows, came back for AEW, but, uh, I mean, it seems like he's just tired of rehabbing after getting injured, so it makes sense. I mean, a lot of people like, just don't have the fight or have the uh, mental capability of keep going through injuries. I mean, I feel like, like a lot of professional athletes, by the time they just at the end of the road, they're just tired of rehabbing, and they just once they get injured another time, they're just like, you know what, I just don't have time to, I just don't have the time and drive to get back to health and do this again because I feel like the injuries usually do pile up. So mm-hmm. it seems like that was his reasoning. I, I don't blame him. I mean, if you're getting injured a lot and you just don't have that drive to keep fighting through the rehabs, which are aren't easy. It's not like I'm saying he's just like giving up, but like if you get injured all the time, it's just at the point you just you don't want to do it anymore. So, I get it. I think he's had a decent career in WWE. If he just kept his mouth shut, he probably would have done better. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, no, it seemed like he had a lot of upwards momentum, too, because he was just at AEW Double or Nothing. He was going to be working with them a little bit, I think. Um, he was with MLW. He had just signed, I thought, with New Japan like a week ago. So that definitely took me by surprise. Um, what was I going to mention? Oh, I was going to say, are you telling me that you haven't been keeping up with his GCW matches over the last year? No, I got better things to do in my life. Uh, you definitely saw the GCW show last week. I mean, I know you were the first one watching when Matt Cardona showed up and it went after Nick Gage. Saw the Twitter, I saw the Twitter video and then moved on. <laughs> well, you don't like the death matches? I can't stand them. Not only do you not like them, you couldn't even bring yourself to watch the Nick Gage documentary you hate him so much. Exactly. I just listened to your review and it sounded terrible. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, real quickly, what were your two cents on uh, Grizzly Smith, the monster that was Grizzly Smith, Dark Side of the Ring last week? I thought it was, I mean, sounds terrible. I thought it was a good episode. I mean, the guy's a piece of shit, but um, I thought the episode was good. I, I liked getting the story. Um, I just, the whole history of wrestling stuff is stuff that I like enjoy. So, kind of going back and. Maybe not his history, but like just like the old territory days, I feel like if I was younger then, I would be like even bigger wrestling mark than I am now. So um, just hearing the stories, the upbringings, kind of the awfulness for the kids, and hopefully I feel like they can kind of get back together. It's kind of sad that the family all was uh, broken up by one person. They seem like they haven't got back on the same page, but maybe this is a uh, olive branch to get the, uh, the siblings back together. Yeah, hopefully at least it ended on a somewhat positive note with Jake being in the right path and the siblings expressing some interest and wanting to get back together. Um, yeah, like you said, it's it's weird to say because it was a good episode, but it just had to deal with a piece of shit. Just a lot of traumatizing stuff. But, um, you know, I've been enjoying Dark Side of the Ring for the most part over the course of Season 3. And uh, are you looking forward to the, um, what is it, the uh, Dynamite Kid episode on Friday night? Or uh, not on Friday, on Thursday night. Yeah, it should, it should, be, a, it should be a good episode. Interested to hear his story. I know he like basically like not killed himself, but like killed himself. So uh, we'll see what happens. I feel like he's kind of like another one. I feel like a story would be similar to Brian Pillman with the family aspect of it. But uh, I think it should be a good a good show. Yeah, that'll be interesting, and that'll be the it for uh, that'll be the season finale. I think for season or not not season three finale. It's going to be the mid season finale before they bring it back later on in the year. Now before we get to NXT and takeover predictions. Uh, one quick thing I saw earlier that I forgot to mention from PW Insider, which is usually a pretty reliable source. They said indie promoters who have reached out to Braun Strowman about possible bookings report that the asking price is currently in the five-figure range. 
Does that surprise you at all? No. Not whatsoever. With Braun, we're a week removed from all the releases. Where do you think he goes? Do you think he ends ends back up in WWE? Because I feel like all these other people, not that they're talking shit about the company, but they're all like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for what's next. And he said, I'm ready for the next chapter, but I think he ends up back there, to be honest with you, within six months or so. Yeah, I think so as well. I I, I, I mean, he's tailor-made to be a WWE guy. Maybe at this point they realized what they were paying wasn't wasn't there enough like he wasn't generating enough to to uh i guess reflect his payment so they got rid of him but i mean i just like even if he went to another company i just don't think he fit in like he is a wwe guy through and through um i i think maybe give him some time off maybe he can change his character or his image a little bit i, I mean i like Braun. like he shaved his head i feel like he's always been a good good guy and I don't know. I, I just don't see him going anywhere else. So I, I, I think maybe those asks are high just because he knows there may be something down the horizon. But, I mean, the guy literally just came off WWE TV, was in the main event of their last show. I mean, the guy's not looking to get paid 500 bucks, So I, I, I can't be surprised he's asking for a ton of money. Yeah, I mean, he's not the, the biggest star, but he has a decent name for WWE. And, I mean, he was getting paid a million a year, so I'm sure he's not hurting for money right now anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah I mean, not too surprised. David. What'd you say? I said unless he hasn't, uh, unless he hasn't uh, saved his money like Ric Flair. He might have gotten married four times and just blown it on the on the weddings. Yeah, it could be. Could be hitting the bar right now too. Poor guy. I was rewatching completely random, but I was rewatching the panel. I don't know if you've seen it. You got to go back and watch it though. It's it's really sad, but um, eight years ago, it was right before SummerSlam 2013. Jim Ross was hosting a panel for like one of the 2K video games, and this was what got him fired at that point. Uh, Ric Flair was on the panel, but he was completely plastered, and he was just making, like, you have to go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. If you type in Jim Ross, Ric Flair panel or whatever, or Jim Ross gets fired, um, it's on YouTube. I think Jim Ross was drinking a little bit too, but he wasn't like drunk. Um, Ric Flair definitely was, and it was right after his son passed, so I can't say I'm surprised there. You know, it's not really his fault, really, but um, it, it's it's funny, but it's also sad at the same time. So just on the Ric Flair note, I thought I would mention that. But uh, yeah, let's get NXT last night because I thought it, it was a good show. There was a lot of stuff going on, like a lot of stuff. They really tried to cram a lot into the span of two hours. Um, we got Io Shirai back. Are you surprised that Io Shirai's back in NXT as opposed to getting called up? Or did you kind of expect, which I did, that she'd be back in NXT for a little while before she either goes to Raw or SmackDown? I wasn't too surprised. I thought she'd come back for a little bit. I feel like they come back for a little bit and then just hang around for a month or two and then they finish up and go to the main roster. I just, at this point, I don't know where you really place her on the main roster, so keeping her in NXT, uh, I think, would do better than just having her sit on the sidelines and not do anything. We talked about Balor two weeks ago, but we haven't seen him since. Do you think, again, like EO, he shows back up, puts someone else over on his way out, or do you think the next time we see him is on a Raw or a SmackDown? I think it's Raw or SmackDown. I don't think you really need him down in NXT to put anyone over at this point. Um, I feel like the main roster could use him a little bit. I feel like the mid-cards for both shows are a little air at this point. So uh, I would just call him up to either Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he was to go back to NXT for one more match, I just, like, like when he lost the championship a few like five years ago. I was going to say a few years ago. It's been five years at this point. When he lost the championship, lost to Joe, and he lost to Nakamura on his way out, like, what would be the equivalent of that? Like, I'm trying to think who they have on the show that he could lose to. Like, 
Do you think he could finally lose to Kyle O'Reilly? Like, I think that would be it. I don't know. I, I could see them doing something like that or losing to Pete Dunn, who we beat back in um, February, I think it was. I, I could see something like that happening, but we'll see. Um, I, I could see him going to Raw. It depends on what they end up doing. Maybe he shows up in the Raw after Hell in a Cell and he challenges Bobby Lashley at the July pay-per-view. I, I could definitely see that being a possibility. Um, but also in NXT last night, just a lot of build for TakeOver on Sunday, which we'll get to in a second. But in addition to the return of Io Shirai, we also saw the return of the Million Dollar Championship via the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, and it was announced that the match on Sunday will be a ladder match to determine the next Million Dollar Champion between Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight. So your thoughts on the return of the Million Dollar Championship that next day? Um, I think it's decent for the story they're telling. I mean, makes sense with at least Grimes' character. I don't know about Knight. I guess I guess he could be a cocky heel with the Million Dollar Championship, but I, I think it's it's kind of... Um, made for grounds at this point. I think they know how good he is, and maybe they don't want to like tie him up with one of their main belts or putting that on him keeps him somewhat relevant. Um, but it makes sense. I'm not a fan that's in a ladder match. I feel like we've got a influx of ladder matches lately, especially on NXT, but it is what it is. Didn't we just get one of the last pay-per-view with the last takeover between uh, Devlin and Escobar, and then we got one to take over 32. We got one in Halloween Havoc. I feel like we get them every two or three months from this comp- from, from NXT. Exactly. That and Steel Cages, I feel like I've been done to death in NXT. Yeah, Steel Cages too. We see that quite a bit. But definitely ladder matches, I feel like they do it way too often. Like, they do it on the TV show. They do it on the takeovers, every other takeover. Or back-to-back takeovers in this case. It's crazy. But let's get into the takeover card for Sunday. Um, It looks like it's going to be a good show. It definitely was rushed. Like, a lot of these matches kind of came together at the last minute. Um, the takeovers never disappoint, but I, I would have probably waited until like July or something to do another one, just because this kind of feels too soon after the last takeover. Uh, we'll start from the bottom, work our way up here. Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. Kind of a random match, which Zia Lee mentioned last week on the show. She's going after Mercedes because it was Mercedes who knocked her out of the Dusty Ro- Dusty Roads, the uh, Mayon Classic, a couple of years ago. Um, I know it's been a while, but at least there's a storyline reason behind it. They're clearly super behind Zia Lee right now. Uh, they were building her up for a while, having her beat, you know, Caden Carter and Kesey Catanzaro, and then we didn't see her for a little bit. But she's back now, and she's facing one of the finest women's wrestlers in NXT, Mercedes. So, is this the next step for Zia Lee, or do you think Mercedes gets her win back after losing to Io uh, a couple, or losing to uh, who was it, Raquel a couple of weeks ago? This is an interesting one. I don't know. I feel like they are very high on Zia Lee. I think she's okay. I don't think she's great. I'm not the biggest Mercedes fan, but I think she's great in the ring. So I think that I'll go with Zia Lee here. I think it makes the most sense. I think they're trying to push her, and it seems like Mercedes might be main roster bound sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, let's mention this real quick. I know it was reported this past week that either she or Piper Niven from NXT UK might be earmarked to be the new heavy bodyguard, side, whatever you want to call it, for Eva Marie when she gets called up to Raw starting next week. Um, do you like the idea of either one of those women being with her, or would you have it be someone else? Or what? What would you do with the Eva Marie character on Raw? I think either or makes sense. I feel like Niven might be make a little bit more sense just because she's bigger, and I don't know. I feel like I don't know. They don't really have too many big women on, on the roster, but um, yeah, I, I would go with um, Niven more than Mercedes. But I think either or would be a fine option. Yeah, either one would be fine. I would just go more so with Niven, just because Mercedes was just. 
a part of the main roster for a little bit with the whole retribution shit, which was terrible. Um, I don't know if she'd be buried with Eva. I mean, she could just be used to get her over and then kind of break off on her own, but I don't know. Her being on Raw right now just doesn't really excite me, so I hope she kind of stays in NXT for a little bit longer before they end up moving her up at some point. Um, but yeah, Zaylee, I've been impressed with, honestly. I think the whole gimmick they've been doing with her and this whole group, uh, Tian, I forgot what it's called exactly, um, Tian Shang or Tian Shaw or something like that. I, I like it. I think, you know, it's 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 something different. They, they dragged it out for a while, but Xylee has potential. So I think Xylee wins here and kind of works her way up the ranks in the NXT Women's uh, Division. Speaking of which, for the NXT Women's Championship, pretty predictable outcome here. Raquel Gonzalez, who just won the championship in April, versus Ember Moon for the title out of revenge for what Raquel did to Shotzi Blackheart a few weeks ago. Uh, we've seen the match before. Raquel's beaten Ember before. This should be no different. This kind of feels like just a filler match to me with Raquel going over uh, pretty decisively. Uh, Ember wins out. Oh, just kidding. I mean, Raquel, <laughs> just, oh, you just put that in my brain again. You hit it home again. Raquel wins LOL. I like Ember. I just, I think, I mean, taking the belt off Raquel already would be so dumb. I think there's so much more to do with her. Um, Ember's great as well. I just, it's just not her time. Well, I do think it's a positive that they're not rushing into Dakota Kai versus Raquel, which kind of looked like might be the case coming off of Raquel's title defense over um, uh, Mercedes recently on the show. I had said that Dakota kind of showed some frustration, so I'm glad they're not rushing into that. Do you see that being the next program for Raquel, or do you think there's more women for her to run through before she gets to Dakota Kai? I would have her slay a few more people before you get to Dakota. I think there's more story to tell there. I wouldn't just rush it. When would you do the rematch between EO and Raquel? Because that was kind of teased last night, too, when EO came back. I would do that before you do her and Dakota. I would say save her and Dakota for SummerSlam weekend, honestly. So EO is more of a TV match, right? Like Balor and Cross was uh, for the rematch? Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, match came completely out of nowhere last night, but it was announced Bronson Reed and MSK versus Oliver Gato del Fantasma Santino. Uh, I said Santino. Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and <laughs> Raul. That's, that's not a compliment. I apologize, Santos. Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. Uh, six-man tag team match. Winner take all for both the North American Championship and the NXT Tag Team Championship. Now, the match should be great, but again... Ass backwards booking. Reed and MSK just won the belt. So, listen, I love Legato, but, like, I wouldn't have them win right now. I just feel like you could have done Reed and Escobar first and then built to this. And they just kind of announced that out of nowhere. It just feels really weird to me. Yeah, it seems pretty random. seems really rushed. Uh, the baby faces have to win here. I mean, I like Legato del Fantasma, but Reed just won the belt. And MSK, I mean, they just won the belts as well, I think. They they just not gonna. I think Grizzly Young Vets are probably gonna they're gonna lose the belts too. So I'd keep it on MSK for a little bit longer. Do you think Grizzly Young Vets are beating uh, Ch- Chompa and Thatcher next week in the Tornado Tag Team match? Yes. So with this match, do you think MSK takes the loss and then that kind of paves the way since he wasn't pinned for Escobar and Reed one on one? Yeah, you could have someone on MSK beat one of the member uh, either Wilder, uh, Mendoza, and then you could do you could still do Reed and. Santos just because he didn't get pinned. Yeah, I, I could see them doing that. Reed just won the championship, so I just feel like the timing is weird because they want Escobar to win it, but it's like Reed literally just won it. So it's tough to say, but like, 
I don't know. Do, would you do that and then do Reed and Reed and uh, Escobar one on one? Escobar loses again, and then maybe he gets called up or something. Like I just don't know what more you do with him if he just keeps losing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna get called up anytime soon. Um, I mean, I, I I'm a little perplexed they brushed it so soon, but that's a card with Del GSM, unfortunately. <laughs> So we get to some of the other matches on this card. Two more matches, actually. There's really not. It's really not that deep of a card. Uh, we already mentioned a ladder match for the vacant, uh, rejuvenated, resurrected million dollar championship between Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight. This might be the most unpredictable match on the entire show because I can definitely see L.A. Knight winning this. He hasn't won any major matches since coming back to the company, and then Grimes also hasn't really won much since he returned a few months ago. So this is kind of a must-win situation for uh for both guys. I'm not really sure who wins here, but I'm going to go with Grimes. I think we get the feel-good moment of Grimes winning. Would you have him be aligned with Teddy Biot? Well, first of all, before we get into anything else, who do you think wins this match? <laughs> I want Grimes to win, but I think Knight's going to win. I'm fine with either guy because I like both of them, and I really like LA Knight. I just don't know who wins. Now, do you think this solidifies Cameron Grimes as a babyface on the roster, or do you think this is just a one-off between two heels? Um... I mean, his character seemed more very heelish, but then the whole Dibiase stuff kind of made him feel more like a baby face. I don't know. I I think Grimes needs to win more. Like I like LA Knight, but Grimes like seemed like they were pushing him like up the moon to the moon to the moon, no pun intended. And then like he had a good series of losses, and then like they seemed like they were regaining his footing with his new gimmick and having him lose again. I just I don't know. So what do you do with DiBiase in Grimes? Do you have him become his new manager or LA Knight's new manager? Or is this it for Ted DiBiase, do you think, on NXT? He was just kind of there to introduce the million-dollar championship. I think you have to keep him associated with whoever has an interim. It would just be weird holding his belt for kind of like randomness. I don't know. No, I could see that. Like like when Ted DiBiase Jr. had the belt for like six months. but I mean, his dad didn't have to be on the show at that point, but they never did anything with Ted DiBiase. That guy just fell off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. I, I I would keep it on TV just to keep these guys seem like they're some relevant. I don't know. You're always with the legend. It, it makes a little bit more of a push. So whoever it is, I, I would keep them with DiBiase. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then we get to the main event for the NXT Championship, your favorite multi-man match. Uh, Fatal five-way here. Karrion Cross, Adam Cole, Pete Dunn, Kyla Riley, and Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. You know, I'm gonna say, I was going to say, oh, it's predictable. Karrion just won the championship. He's going to retain. But he's not the type, like, they're not going to have, I don't think they would have him get beat on the way out. I think he might remain undefeated if he was to leave. And honestly, with how bad Raw is right now, and they need fresh faces, even on SmackDown 2 with all the people they just released, I could see them wanting Cross on the main roster. So I think this could be a situation where he might lose the championship without getting pinned. Yeah, I think that's why they're doing the Fatal 5 way. I hate it. But I think him losing and not actually getting pinned is, is what they're going for. So I, I, I think he'll lose here, unfortunately. Um, but I think that's why they're doing the Fatal Five way or whatever. No, I will say this because, listen, I hate all the multi-man matches too. But as far as NXT is concerned with that championship specifically, I don't think we've ever seen a multi-man match with that championship other than when they did the Iron Man title match last September on the show. Since that fatal four way at takeover fatal four way like five six seven years ago, so it's not something they do often. Usually, it's one almost always one on one matches. So I'm kind of okay with this. Um, but yeah, so that being said, if he doesn't get pinned, or if he you know doesn't get pinned and loses the championship, who would you have it be to? 
Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. Should Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, and Pete Dunne. Yep. Oh, shit. Um, fuck. Uh, it's not going to be Adam Cole because he booking one-on-one, he's not going to win. He, he was uh, the last want, one standing on Tuesday, too. Yep, don't want him to be Gargano, so it's not going to be him. I mean, if the guy's been in developmental for 15 years, move on. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I think Gargano might be just in here to take the pin. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, I'm gonna go with Kyle O'Reilly. I, it's so close between him and Pete Dunn. I just don't know if they see Pete Dunn at the champion level, but I think he's great. But I think Kyle winning here, they can continue him and Adam and do it for the belt. So I'm gonna say Kyle O'Reilly wins. Ooh. That's a good one. I'm going to go with Pete Dunn, to be honest with you. I think, you know, my prediction is that Carrion retains. I think this is all a bunch of smoke and mirrors, and he retains. Uh, again, like you said, I don't know if they see Pete Dunn at that level. It's not like he's ever held. I know he was UK champion for 20 years, but, you know, he's never held the, the North American championship. He's never been NXT champion. So I don't know. It, it's really tough to say. If I was going to say anyone, it would be Pete Dunn. I feel like O'Reilly, if he was to win the championship... It should be in like a one-on-one match because they've been building up his story so much and he's been kind of under the radar lately. I would save it like... Do you think maybe Adam Cole wins the belt and then O'Reilly has to beat him for it? Do you think that's a possibility? But I don't know. It's the same thing with AEW. Like, why would you start off with an unsanctioned match? Because I feel like that feud's not over. So that's no, why I say Adam Cole wins and then O'Reilly beats him for it. But, but it's the- possible. I just don't think Cole... I just don't want... I would rather have... Kyle win the belt. I don't need to see Cole like a three-time champion. Like, it's been done to death. Yeah, and Balor was a two-time champion, too. And another thing with that, too, is with what I said, is if Adam wins it here and then O'Reilly wins it, like, at the next one, that's three straight NXT title changes on three straight takeovers. Yeah, exactly. Ah, fuck. I don't know. I'm going with Kyle O'Reilly still. I'm not changing my okay. answer. Okay, Mr. Marceau. Good pick. Yeah, I think it's safe to say Cole. I, I don't know. Cole is definitely, there's a chance there, honestly. There's a chance with the O'Reilly thing. But I think it's safe to say Gargano is not walking out as the new NXT champion, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. So, I don't know, dude. This one's tough. Uh, Karrion could be main roster bound. Cole could be main roster bound. He should be main roster bound. This is tough. I am looking forward to it, though. I enjoyed last year's In Your House pay-per-view. So this should be a fun show as well on the whole. I'm looking forward to it. What about you? I think it should be a good show. Um, I think it is rushed, like we've said a few times, but I still think it'll be a good show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The takeovers never disappoint, so we'll see what they have in store on Sunday. Uh, But until next week, Mr. Marceau, where we break down TakeOver in its entirety, people can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode on Thursdays. Um, I'll catch you next week, brother. We're going to be breaking down TakeOver, previewing Hell in the Cell and whatever terribleness comes out of Raw, and discussing whatever happens on Dynamite on Friday, so I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. All right, brother. Have a great one. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Adios.